0: Folks, welcome on in to the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. can't believe it's almost November. I'm Zach Haydorn. That's Tyler Sage. Tyler, we had a good day today for Arsenal,
1: right? W? Yes, it was great. I definitely was not watching it while driving a vehicle, but, you know, (laughs) I was... That was in another state, so where I currently you
0: wouldn't enjoy. think of doing something like that. I know
1: no. I wouldn't steal a movie, I wouldn't, or I wouldn't steal a car. I would, you know, remember that old like yeah, Matrix soundtrack. Like, yes. I wouldn't watch a game on Paramount Plus <laughs> on my phone and then be very excited when they, yeah. So great day for Arsenal. Probably Dude. you know coming through first in that group would be great. Um, so, oh, that'd be
0: amazing. I got worried there at the end, man. When it, when they mm-hmm. punched the uh, the ball over, I was like, you just yeah. punched it into right into the net, didn't you? Didn't you yeah. just do that? And then Thank thank goodness you did. But, um, well guys, thank you for being here. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we are here every single week, uh, Tuesday nights, right here, nine Eastern eight central on the SE scoops, YouTube channel, um, talking the week in wrestling. We'll talk big shows. We'll preview big shows. We'll talk about the news, but, mainly we want to talk to you we want to talk to you and so the chat is rolling right now with Tracy who's representing three different people today Tracy Sean and Zach all rep by Tracy Tracy what's going on thanks for being with us appreciate it (laughs) Sean's here for a little bit Uh, welcome Sean Um, and welcome to all of you Uh, as I said we're live every Tuesday night if you can't watch us live on Tuesdays you can get us later obviously on YouTube with the, the replay but you can also find us As a podcast, this exact show in podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts um, the Wednesday morning right after uh, this is live there on your feeds. So you can check us out. Keep in touch with what uh, with what we're doing here on the show and hopefully catch us live uh, live at some point. We have our super chat open and available. It helps keep this show going. um, And it's a, it's a a great way to support the podcast on, on a week to week basis. We certainly appreciate it. A lot of you guys have just been wonderful with that. Um, And as always, we will read every super chat on the show. We will um, answer every super chat question on the show and read every comment on the show. So thank you in advance for that. Um, Every little bit helps. And we certainly, uh, certainly appreciate it. So, Next week, we are going to be WWE heavy uh, in terms of what we talk about because the big news of the week next week will be Crown Jewel and the the final road to Crown Jewel with the final Raw, final SmackDown, and then uh, previewing Crown Jewel, which is a week from this Saturday. So uh, we thought today would be a good day to dive straight in and talk about some AEW topics and talk about – um, some AW news and kind of where we're at on the road to the the next AW pay per view, which will be full gear here in just about three weeks. Um, so before we do that, let's let's start with some news. And I thought Tyler the the uh, comments this week that Will Ospreay had. Um, for Metro, uh, which we covered at SC Scoops heavily uh, with multiple stories. A lot of other um, outlets picked this up and and confirmed the news too. But Will Ospreay's contract comes up uh, with New Japan Pro Wrestling um, in February of 2024. Um, And how does this relate to AEW? Well, of course, he has been present uh, at a lot of major AEW events, even though he's not signed to a contract to that company. Um, but the big news coming out of the interview with Will Ospreay is, Hey, I'm looking for a big deal. I'm looking for a big contract. I'm keeping all of my options open. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to talk to everybody. I've hired Barry Bloom as a manager reported by PW Insider, who's a, you know, an infamous um, agent um, in a lot of different industries, but especially the, the pro wrestling industry. So, I thought that this was kind of a fascinating interview because you go back three years, even maybe even two years, man. I don't know that Will Ospreay is saying that out loud. Like, I just don't know that he is. I know he was happy with in Japan for a while. He likes to do his style. Uh, but, you know, he pivots and money talks and his age is talking and his body is talking. Um, and there's a lot of factors here. Just curious, high level, as to what you thought of those comments and those, uh, kind of his angle as to how he's approaching his uh impending free agency.
1: Yeah, I would say certainly three years ago, that's right around the uh sex pig era. I would say, I think that's how he was yeah. defining himself as, as him. And, Jeez, and then, was that oh my god, what that a... was like during the pandemic, right? When everyone was, yeah, you know, the, the a good number of wrestlers got canceled, rightfully so. Um. Around that time, and that was kind of his his thing during that time. So, yeah, and then his thing with uh, oh my gosh, what's his partner's name,
0: uh, she's Blair Davenport
1: in NXT right now. Okay, but like, yeah, they were like bullying people, whatever was. The thing. So, yeah, definitely not right. And I think right now, I, I I have two main thoughts, obviously, <clears throat> on this. And the first one be is like, yeah, he's a smart guy to say like, oh, I'd love to. What do you say he wants to wrestle Seth Rollins? Right, it was yeah. like his dream. In WWE. So, yep. uh, you know, that's smart to not just be like, oh, yeah, I'm for sure going to go to AEW since I'm working there currently, like, which, you know, the Jay White history would tell you, but everybody's a different character, right? Um, the second thing is that i un- not joking. I don't know how much money TNA has now that they're called TNA again. Thank God. I don't feel bad every time I say that. Like, no joke. If they have the cash, they should go all in and sign Will Ospreay. And if Will Ospreay is only there for money, I don't know. That might get them, you know, talking and, you know, is that a good decision for Osprey? Probably not. But if it's a three-year deal, uh, <laughs> I might take it and be the world champion for three years and dip out of there and treat that like the new ring of honor, which I think it can be in a, in a good high level where it's like the cool promotion where their champions are around for a while. And then if they sign, you know, they're going to be a big deal where they go kind of, you know, like every main star right now work their way through ring of honor. So yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's a smart way to go, you know, would I personally hire Barry as my agent? I don't know. That's probably not the best long-term decision, but he's super talented. Right. So uh, we'll deal with it. Right. It's, if it's uh, Frankie Kazarian and I don't think he should be hiring Barry to be his agent. He'll be, uh, you know, opening gas stations.
0: <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I mean the Barry play, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like hiring Scott Boris. Like no one really wants to do it if you're a baseball yeah. star, but like, you do it because he can get you he, for, for better or worse, he can get you the most money. Yeah. I I was um I I thought he was a, he made like an incredibly like smart and articulate argument. Not not argument even, but like it, it almost as if he was like, and it's a it's a written interview, so you can't tell tone with mm-hmm. it, but it, it's almost as if he was like, Well, of course I'm gonna of course I'm gonna like you know look at all my options. And I mean Osprey has said before on camera that his body is breaking down. Like he's not gonna be able to do the same types of matches in two years like he's been doing for the last five. I think I'm paraphrasing there, but that's like pretty close to what the gist of what he was saying in, in, in previous interviews. Um, and so to me, like this is totally the right call. You go, ad man, and you make as much money as you can because you don't, you know. You know, you don't know when you're going to be as hot as you are right now. And he's one of the hottest acts in the world, I think, right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those guys, you want those guys to get uh, paid. And if you're them, you you want to get paid. And I think, you know, leaving the door open to WWE is just, especially right now with the wave of momentum that that company is on and the amount of money that's coming into that place, like you need to be playing for that. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I think you can look at the landscape now and go, well, you know, I'm not sure that, that, you know, I I can become the biggest star in wrestling, not in WWE. Like, I just, I just don't know that you can say that. And I think Will Ospreay has been working kind of like the pet project arts side of wrestling for years. And now it's time to like buckle down. All right. I want to be a big, I'm gonna be a big damn star, and so let's go do that. And I think you have to look at WWE if you're going to if you're going to do that. Now, if if it's just money and TNA offers them more money, okay, great, go do that. If AEW offers them more money and that's all that matters, okay, great, go do that. But when you talk about being the biggest star that you can be, it's like you have to open yourself up to to WWE, especially right now in in 2023.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing me and you were talking about with Jay White, right? I think we were both on the same page that Jay yeah. White. If I if if I was him, I would have gone to WWE, and I still stand by that. And you know, obviously, he's getting a big push currently, but I don't think it would have been the long and winding road that it's been. I mean, he might have been within NXT, which you know doesn't seem like a bad thing. It's drawing more ratings than his show he's currently on, depending on the week. Well, um, so, <laughs> oh. Oh, so boy, um, low, low, you know, low, low. And, and he's he, he's even more than Will Ospreay a WWE ready-made guy. Yeah. Once you get the thing in it. it, just feels like a triple H, you know, Hey, this is my Seth Rollins replacement in Jay white. So I think Osprey yeah. could be that too. But yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, he's going to make a ton of money and probably be okay where it is, but WWE and changing your style. If that is important, if the money's even, um, you know, I think it's just where it is in the business right now. If I'm a top, top guy, um at what is he 31 or something if i had to guess i don't know 31 yeah so um you know i think aw have to go over you know i don't i don't know what the going rate is but probably a couple hundred thousand dollars more a year so it's really make me think about it um if it's even i go wwe for a lot of the reasons you just laid out
0: yeah yeah. so he's 30 years old um i mean he's got a lot of like Really good time left in the ring, um, mm-hmm. not at the style he's currently working uh, in New Japan. You can't do that on the road, you know. Uh, you know, one, one, like once every every other day for fifty two weeks a year. Like you just you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Um, but you know, you work a Seth Rollins style, you can. I mean, and I think you know Osprey is smart enough to tone that down. Uh, let's get to our first super chat here from Sean. Uh, and thank you, Sean. We appreciate it. Where do you think he lands? AEW needs him bad. So um, Tyler, like talk about where you think he lands, but I want to use this as a launching point to talk about him in AEW. He has, you know, a relationship with Tony Khan. He's worked some of the biggest AEW shows in that company's history. He's worked Chris Jericho at all in, in London. He's worked um, Kenny Omega. I mean, he's, He's been a fixture, especially this year, on pay per view for for that company. Um, <laughs> is that a good thing for, for for Tony Khan, or is it a bad thing? Like, is it like, oh man, like this is how I I know how I'm gonna get used there. It's gonna be like this. I don't want that. Or is it, nah, I know where I stand. Like, I'll 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 re up there. Like, 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 just talk about how badly AW needs him, and if they've done enough to this point when they've had him to make him think that they're a viable spot for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know the, the, the demeanor, the personality of Will Ospreay, but I would think that right now, AEW has the edge on WWE. And that is because who he's working with in recent, his more recent run with, with AEW, right? If, if it was more when he's feeding with Kenny and they had a great match at Forbidden Door two, but you know, if he's, rolling around with the elite guys that might seem a little bit more chaotic, the more realistic version of AEW, one would say. Mm. And he currently now he's working with Jericho, Don Callis. We still Kenny a little bit, but like, if you're going to be like in the more controlled aspect of that company, you know, you're probably getting information from Dean Malenko about your matches. Like that's like the more controlled in my mind version of AEW the, Hey, like we see a lot in you from Callis and Jericho. Tony loves you like you know if the money's even come here and be a star and and build this up and be like one of the first homegrown guys that didn't go to WWE first and all that stuff like I'm sure he's getting a lot of that right now and also the flip side is his partner is in NXT so is she enjoying what's going on there does she have any sort of insight um, you know that would make him change his mind on a, it's kind of like a crazy, you know, whatever, right? Just like working any job, right? If someone works, if someone's really trying to get you, and you don't work there yet, versus you know someone that works somewhere, you're probably gonna get two different stories, right? So I think right. the rose-colored glasses of AEW, I would guess, has the edge, but you know, and for him, like, is he gonna be a movie star? Probably not. Um, so he's not gonna be Jade Cargill. So does going to WWE make him more money in the long run? Probably so. It just depends on the deal, right? Like, do we know? Like, it's a private company. We don't know how much you get per t shirt at AEW. Um, with WWE, if it's anything like UFC, you're not getting anything really. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, who knows what the corporate changing of the structure to all those little machinations are not very exciting to talk about. But if I'm him, I'm asking and I'm getting that in my contract yeah. um, if I'm going to WWE. So,
0: man, you know what, Sean? Like, it's a good question. And I think, like, I mean, I think AEW. In theory, in theory, could use Will Ospreay in a in a very very big way, um, because why couldn't they? They've got two shows. They need stars. Okay, like it's obvious. But man, when I think when I just look at the situation, it's like I don't I don't know what they would do with him to make him a bigger star than he is right now. Like, it, mm-hmm. and so it's like I don't like if you're not gonna treat that guy like the get that he would be just like Jay White when he came in, if you're not going to treat, like treat it that way, then then is he worth all that money? Like, is he, is he, is he, is he worth, is he worth that? And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I still think ultimately, yes, like he probably still is because you have all this content that you need to pump out. You're still working for that TV deal. Like go, 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 go. So, I think that that's, that's important for, for AEW to consider and the, you know, and the fact that you serve like your audience in a really big way. If you get that guy, like your core audience, like you really serve them in a big way. so I think that's good. But, um, in terms of where I think he lands, I don't, I don't know that you drop that, that Seth Rollins stuff or talk about WWE in that way. If you don't want, if you don't want to, to go there, and I think, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna. You know, he he talked about making a lot of money. Yes, but he also talked about a deal that in which he gets to be the, come the biggest wrestler in, in the world and the most, in the best wrestler in the entire world. And sure, some of that's maybe just like mumbo jumbo talking. But if that's what he wants, I think WWE is that. So I, if I have to pick right now where I think he'd land, I think I, I think I would say WWE. Provided, you know, because then reports were in, came out the following day, the Observer um, insider that they were very interested, um, in him as well. So that'd be my, that's my pick at this point that, that he yeah. goes, that he goes with, the, with, uh, with, the, with, the, with WWE. Thanks. Uh, thanks. thanks what's like
1: much, your, what's your percentage breakdown before mm-hmm.
0: we move on? Not very high. I'd say like, you know, sixty
1: forty, <laughs> like okay. sixty forty. Six, no TNA love in there. For for all the not no really. no new not Japan really. re-signing
0: no definitely not new Japan re-signing and then that's not because they can't offer him a lot of money it's more so like I don't think he can I don't think he wants to keep up at that pace physically like I really like you hear him talk sometimes man and I remember there was this one promo that he cut on YouTube uh, or maybe it was on his social media I'll find it and try to post it to Scoops Twitter or to my own mm-hmm. um but he's sitting in his car like leaving a doctor's appointment and he's talking about like his like his his just where he is physically and it's kind of sad because he's like he's only 30 you know and it's like oh um but you know he's worked this crazy style for so long um it, it gets to, it gets you at some point mm-hmm. so i i think more the japan thing it's just for that reason and then tna is I don't, I don't think it's a bad landing spot necessarily especially they can offer him a lot of money but i just don't know that they're going to be able to compete with like wwe or AEW in terms of like what what they can offer so I, don't, I almost like just don't even put them put them on the map just because of money just got money thing
1: yeah and i agree i just like you know you're nice so i want to see what your nice answer about burying tna would be so um <laughs> oh, instead of just,
0: saying that you know f off tna right
1: yeah or like you yeah. might say one percent if you're being super nice but i agree uh yeah, on that. yeah. um I'd say like seventy thirty AEW right now. Wow, all right, all right. WWE, but we'll see. A lot can change from now to then. Um, how much oh, yeah, love does he get, and what is what is his pay per view bonus coming up going to be? All that sort of stuff is important.
0: What do you think his upside is in in WWE? Because I think in AEW he can be the top guy like for mm-hmm. quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if his ceiling's as high in WWE. I mean, it is. It's higher just because the company's bigger, but mm-hmm. I I kind of am like, if he, to me, it's like, if he has a career that Seth had, that's excellent. Like, that's like excellent. I don't think he's going to crack and be like Roman Reigns. Like, I I think it's, you know, he's Seth and he's punk and he's on like that level. He's like edge, you Mm -hmm. know, if he can, if he like, that's the high end
1: for him. Yeah. I mean, I'd say super high end. I'd say he's more like an AJ Styles. Is probably the. Yeah, like, that's, a,
0: that's probably a better. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's
1: like, you know, if you do, I mean, he's also could be Shinsuke, right? I mean, there, there's a lot right. of possibilities here. I mean, he can speak English yeah. as his native language. So that helps. He could also be Austin Theory, right? I mean, if, if Triple H is interested, yeah. <clears throat> interested in him, um, that helps as well as the Austin Theory thing. But, you know, what, you know, when you get in there, you don't know if they're any good or not at the WWE part of it, right? Can he. Yeah. Go back and forth with Paul Heyman to open a show. Can he talk to a crowd for 10 minutes in the middle of the ring? Like, maybe. Right. But if he can't, like, he's AJ. Yeah. No, AJ's AJ probably a too.
0: better – that's probably a better – that's probably, like, a better comparison. Yeah. And of like AJ's what, great.
1: Like, that era, like, he's a bright, shining light, in a you know, pretty bad era of WWE. So, like, that is not a shot at AJ. That's, like, AJ's a TNA Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Yeah.
0: So. Well, I mean, in that run, I mean, look, AJ Styles, like, I mean, he had a huge WrestleMania match against Shinsuke. <laughs> he had the Shane McMahon match one year, mm-hmm. um, but he was a he was a WWE champion for like a good chunk of time during that run. So, like that, that it, you're right, it's totally not a not a knock on on AJ. It's more so, you know, yeah, I, I was too I was too generous with Seth. I mean, Seth is like a you know generational WWE guy. At, at this point in terms of like his longevity and what, you know, the the number of titles, like mm-hmm. being close to on top again, not Roman Reigns, but you know, not many people
1: are. So yeah,
0: I think AJ is a good, a very good um,
1: comparison. Probably no play. James Ellsworth in the future of Will Ospreay unless Vince is somehow we- weasels Weasel's way back in power. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> yes. God, let's hope that that's not a thing. James Ellsworth, man, why'd you have to go and bring that up? Why? I didn't want to get so frustrated. This uh,
1: Wait till, wait, like, you know, I sell vintage clothing. Wait till like 40 years from now, there's like a James Ellsworth, like rare vintage for like $380.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or whatever the inflation is, I guess, like $500, I guess, would be the inflation probably at that point. So there are (laughs) shirts out there, though.
0: There's James Ellsworth. People's paid hard-earned money for for a James Mm -hmm. Ellsworth shirt at some Mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Oh, good grief. I, I did not have... Uttering the name James Ellsworth on the uh, <laughs> podcast bingo card today.
1: Yeah, you you said Roman Reigns. I'd said James Ellsworth, not for Will Ospreay, but we kind of ran the entire spectrum. Of we did talent. <laughs> we really WWE.
0: did. We really did. All right. Um. All right. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting story to follow. You know, I mean, there's still big matches for Osprey to have. You know, he's got to. I think at some point, like if if it, if it's on the table that he's going to leave, I think you. You wanna do Brian Danielson against Will Ospreay. I think you want to do John Moxley against Will Ospreay. I think you want to do Kenny against Will Ospreay again. Like that's stuff that I think if you're Tony Khan and you're thinking that, like, oh man, I don't know if we can sign this guy. That's when I do like hustle it up and like, all right, let's let's have some more pay-per-views or let's run yeah. it out on collision.
1: Or you have three matches on collision. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, but seriously, like you want to get you wanna get that done under your
1: banner um
0: before before yeah, you in can,
1: your tape can. library for sure yeah
0: yeah absolutely
1: a- absolutely
0: um okay let's ch- pivot i want let's let's talk about a couple different things we've got a couple uh uh super chats on this topic so I want to get to those but i want to start before we get to it and matt I know yours, yours is sitting there we're going to hit it next it's going to be driving our conversation um so thank mm-hmm. you for coming um and there's some others in there too that we'll definitely get to so don't don't worry. Um, we saw the devil again this past Saturday on AEW Collision, and I'm just gonna leave it open-ended like that. What'd you think? Is this was it a positive step for that angle? Is it an angle that's already lost its way? Where are you at on this? And we'll we'll continue the conversation from there.
1: Well, I certainly like it more than clips of Adam and Cole at uh Roddy's house, right? And it's the same person. Shocking. So, so I'd rather that be the case. Um, and you know, it's kind of reigniting. Like, if we would have dropped those and maybe had one more devil appearance before this, I think that would have been a better way to keep the story going on who this is. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I'm not really excited for MJF versus Cole or MJF versus the kingdom in any capacity. Um, at this point, so that has muddled my excitement for this. But if I take that out and I don't know who it is, then yeah, I think it's interesting. And, and they didn't, you know, the guns didn't job out to the image of the devil. If I have that, you know, from a couple of days ago, correct the WWE way of you know, yesteryear would have been either the music plays <clears throat> MGF's music or. Um, you know, that the devil pops up on the screen and they get spooked and then get pinned, right? So that didn't happen, so that's positive. So, I mean, they're trying to complete this story that they, you know, started. So I got to give them credit for trying to tell a medium-length story. But, Hmm. yeah, in general, I think it's not great. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It's not over yet. So what is the story?
0: Like, can you, can you, like, my problem with it is I don't know exactly what, this trying to get accomplished. Is it? Is it that that MJF is faking this? That it's really him all along, and he's beating up the guy in the group that he's going to be having a match with at Full Gear, but he just happens to be doing so under a mask. Like, I, I'm genuinely asking like, 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 what is the story? If you were to explain to somebody in five minutes, two minutes, like, how do you clarify what's going on here? And yeah, I like.
1: Ask you for I a want. Different I want to tell them what is happening, or I want to like give them a story, but not ruin it for them. Like, how, what's the capacity of how I'm telling them?
0: They walk into a room, and the the, the like,
1: what's the, going the, on here?
0: The mask guy is on there. Hey, what's 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 going on with this?
1: Yeah, I would just say like the the champion's best friend is dressing up as how MJF used to present himself, the the champion. He he calls himself the devil. He wore this mask when he came back. And his friend is attacking the guy he's going against, and they're going to tell some melodramatic story of how he did whatever he could to help MJF even the odds, even though that was not his true intention. So it's like a you know a melodramatic Shakespearean tale of friendship lost, um, based on him acting the way that MJF used to act, but now MJF acts the way Cole used to act, and they can't coexist now because they've changed. They've changed each other too much. Is the okay. story being told?
0: But, this, but that's with the assumption that it's Cole under there, which you yeah. don't know.
1: Yeah. If it's Roddy, so, it's a different story. It's worse. If it's MJF, it's worse than that. If it's anyone else, you know, if it's Jungle Boy in there, hey, I'm kind of excited. Let's, let's get <laughs> Jungle Boy cheered. Because it's not uh, when any he comes of the back. Yeah. 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 So, um, but like, but yeah. this
0: is what I can't get past, man. So I think you're right. I think you're right, ultimately. It's going to be Adam Cole under there. But when I watch this story play out, and I can even get behind like the mystery. Like I'm a mystery guy in, in in when it comes to wrestling stories. Like I liked the, you know, as a kid, like the higher power nonsense and all that craziness. Like, okay, like I'm good with that. Like the Chris Jericho codes, like when they would you could crack the code as to like who it's gonna be, and it was Jericho and all that. Cool with that. But here it's like, wh- why would what I can't get away from is why would mjf be mad that adam cole is doing this like why would that feud them together that's where my holdup is it's like they sh- he should just be like yeah cool thanks man appreciate that i thought about to go have a match with these hooligans and thank you for helping me out i appreciate it like i don't yeah. like wh- where's the heat in that if you're adam cole i guess is what i'm trying to f- figure out
1: yeah i mean <clears throat> the original heat if you're MJF and you pull the, you go back to the very beginning of the appearance of this devil character is that that is what unleashed Jay white in bullet club gold onto MJF. Right? So the best way is probably for Jay white to beat MJF. And I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here. If I'm booking this and if you gave me the book in the middle, after that already happened and you tell me how to like, tell the best story possible with what I've been giving as a booker, that's what I would do. I'd have Jay white, win by cheating against MJF Cole reveals himself and they're not in cahoots him and Jay white, but like he wanted to be the one that beat max in the end. And he has some sort of long, you know, soliloquy about how he did it and how he basically sent bullet cup gold against him because they thought it was him. And he lost because of that moment. And He lost his edge and Cole got that edge. It all comes back to like the changing of their, you know, their personality. Yeah. They're the yin and yang, right. Of wrestling. When they started and now they've just flipped, you know, they're like the poles, right. They flip sometimes. I think it's happening actively right now for the next like hundred years or whatever. So, um, not a science podcast, but here you go. (laughs) But it's, it's, that's, if you don't tell that story of how they both have flipped from where they were when they met each other, then I think it's ultimately not successful of a story that's the long-term wrestling pretty easy story that you know like a ninth grader could write if you're writing like a one-act play that's the play you would write right but that's wrestling right you can't really get much beyond that you cannot be doing lost stories or right. you know the sopranos or something like that you can't be doing yeah. breaking bad it's just not the medium for that sort of storytelling
0: okay all right i mean i'm uh, look i'm willing to see this play out but when i see it happening i'm just like all right if that's adam cole like great like like there i hope hopefully there's a little bit more depth there by the time the reveal happens um i think that's probably the only way they can go with it like i'm sitting here trying to Mm -hmm. think of like who else could it be and it's like yeah i mean if it's you know if it's mjf obviously that's that's stupid if it's jay white like or it can't even be jay white if it's like somebody in bullet club that's even worse Mm -hmm. um if it's if it's jungle boy i suppose like that's like intriguing because like what the hell like okay it'll get me to watch like the next time but yeah i think the only logical thing is that it's adam cole and yeah willing to willing to see how that how that plays out um Let's keep talking about MJF because he's got a big title title match. Matt, thank you so much for the contribution. He says, Matt says for real, though, can we all agree now that MJF has just been a weak champion? Get the belt on switchblade, push him to the bloody moon, and get him feuding with Omega and Moxley and heck a triple threat. Diabolical. Um, Matt, yeah, I I don't I don't so it's on one hand, I agree. Like, I think you have to put the belt on switchblade at full gear. I think that they've done a pretty nice job. So far, with three weeks left to go, giving this match some juice between between these guys. You have a big match this week on Dynamite: uh, MJF versus Juice Robinson. That's going to, I think, that's going to be a heavy driver uh, in in this in this match. So I think they've gave it enough time. They've done a nice job, like you know, mapping out where they where they want this thing to go. Um, but I think you do pull the trigger and you do put the belt on Switchblade. Just for a couple of reasons one we talked about this last week one i think you just want to jolt your company with some energy and momentum mm-hmm. and the other reason is i think you want mjf to chase the belt as as a babyface like i think i think there's money there and so i agree with you matt that yeah you want the belt on switchblade but i don't know that it's just it's because he's been a weak champion it's just been a weird time with the with the whole company like it's I find it so hard to grade like his title run because it's been marred with like all sorts of like weird stuff like low ratings but this huge show you know in in London and then a second pay-per-view the same week and I think that there was a pivot made because uh, of you know the success that the Adam Cole MJF story had and so you've got Tony Khan now booking like by the seat of his pants week to week to try to keep this thing going between them. So I think he's just been the victim of a lot of like just weird AEW company stuff. But I think he's still the biggest star that the company has. I think he still looks like a star when he comes out, albeit a little bit weaker than he was eight months ago. But I think if you get the belt on Switchblade and you put MJF into chase mode for for a full year, you know, or not even, and like you're looking at, all in next year with him going after the title again, mm-hmm. I think that can draw big-time interest and and big-time money. And the, But, you know, he's got to lose, though, to, to, to get there. And so I, I agree that, yes, you put the belt on Switchblade and you run Switchblade through while simultaneously telling this kind of return-to-glory story with MJF, but that can happen at the same time. So I half agree with this, Tyler. How about where are you at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we've both been on the switchblade, just title change. Feels yeah, they right. got to do
0: it. They got it. Feels like
1: the in the right time for for Jay White. If not now, then it's like a a while away, right? It's yeah. kind of like the reverse Hangman Page situation, right? Like that felt yeah. like it was had to happen, but I wasn't really behind it, and now it feels like it kind of has to happen. But I'm I'm and I'm behind it for the character. Yeah. But like two things on this broader point here is I would love for MJF to. Make a story either way of hey I've resigned because I'm a babyface, so there's no bidding war like Tony Khan won the bidding war 2024. Like I think that would yeah. be good because then you think like, or if you bring it up and say like hey it's still on, you at least then can frame it as like oh well then he's not going to walk out the champion and you can tell like a story a meta story based on that and knowing Tony Khan knowing the audience like that's that's a big point of making this match intriguing outside the storyline so. I I would love that, and if he does say does say that he resigns, I think a lot of people think that he's going to win as a result, and I think that surprise win would be a huge moment, and you know, it's never happened at AW pay per view that somebody surprised won a title, a world title. So um, I think that would be good. And I lost my second point while saying that, so must (laughs) not have been too important. But uh, yeah, I mean that's oh, I I remembered it. So I'm sure there's tens of. Uh, examples here but examples of people who won the title as a baby face or as a heel and have switched characters mid title run it feels like something that doesn't ever happen right you kind of make that change and then win the title mm-hmm. at some point i'm sure you know if you have it in the chat you can let it drop point. it here for us but like that's like what you're talking about the weird thing like that's such a strange occurrence to happen where yeah, you might like get over like you maybe were you were heel like the first week or two, or like you were designed to be a heel when you won the title, but you know, you listen to the crowd and you changed like the following day, but like not literally two halves of a title run yeah. where you're half yeah. baby face, you're half healed and half baby face. Um, it's a very strange occurrence. I think that leads to a lot of the points you brought up where, you know, a lot of us in wrestling are not advocating for like new, Groundbreaking ideas, right, which, which I think hurts the medium in the long run. And some things that feel like they're not working will have better hindsight and how they worked. But um, that's like a new thing, and that's weird for us as wrestling fans to see. And I think it's hard for us to quantify it. And we are in this way that AEW is like not firing all cylinders because this is like a weird thing. And also <laughs> broke my printer almost doing that. But um, uh, you know, it's just also not very very well booked right now. As well, but I think it's a big yeah. issue with it too. Is that just it's a strange way for a top guy to be treated from a well said. I'm
0: yeah, that's really well said, man. I mean, and I think I think it's right, and at least to another uh, super chat from Matt here. AEW is as cold as gets, and it's it's my preferred company. And it sucks to see so much promise and then stall out. Main event scene is stagnant. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that, Matt. I do, but I and but I think like they're not. They're not far away, you know, from getting it back, like on track, like, you know, a little more focus, I think, is what can be done here in AEW as they go into this pay-per-view. Like, stay focused on the task at hand, which is whatever whatever you're going to do in that main event, focus on that. If it's going to be Jay White that you're going with, okay, he needs to be, like, the sole focus of what you do on TV the next the next three weeks. And obviously MJ, MJF, too, but... Jay White's kind of the new guy to that scene, so he's got to. You got to make sure that he is there. And I think if you do the title switch, I mean, your your main event scene instantly gets a really good refresh. I mean, you could do Jay White against Darby and Hangman and Moxley and Cole and uh, Orange Cassidy, and like all. I I mean, the whole roster is pretty much open to that guy because he hasn't had singles matches with damn near anybody. so it's all there for them. Um, and so I think that he really, if if you put the title on him, you that helps immediately kind of jolt the company. Um, and it kills two birds with one stone. It jolts it and it also gets MJF into a chase situation. And I think, you know, it'd be fun to see him in that, in that, in that, in that role. I think. I think he can really do a lot of the mic in that in that position. Tyler, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I do think if you do that, just from like a looking at the health of the company, right? Just if you kind of like compare champions is always kind of a good way to see the health of a company. Like, are, not like who they are, but are they over? Let's yeah. say like everyone stands pat, and you have Jay White, Sheeta, Starks, and Big Bill, and uh, what? Cassidy is international champion again. Cassidy, yeah, and then, yeah. And then and then Christian Cage, like you know, you know, uh, maybe put some not big bills as tag team champions, you know, maybe put FTR, the young bucks in that spot. Uh, Maybe tell a story. If it is sheeted, that's great. Maybe tell a story. in The women's division that is compelling. Talked about this on brass ring media last week, how both companies are failing drastically at that at the moment. Yeah. Um, But so like, you know, I think it's all fine and good, but you could be an outside observer with that is my only worry is that, you know, Tony Kyle will continue to book for people like you and me, which I think he does a pretty good job for on pay-per-views. Um, yeah. but if I look at that as like a observer and they're getting 2,500 people in Memphis, uh, in an NBA arena, you know, is that going to help casual viewers be like, uh, well, I'm probably going to go see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Logan Paul, you know,
0: It is there anybody on the roster right now that helps that, that helps that perception? Like, is there anything Tony Khan can do to like, not have that out there because there's a lot of yeah. those guys on the show. There's, I mean, a lot of the AEW top guys are those guys, are those kinds yeah.
1: of guys. Yeah. Well, I think you just have a couple that, you know, maybe you have Kenny and Hangman again as the tag team champions, right? You right. get to that story. You have them in FTR battle for that. And that's like, feels big time. Just like have another spot where it's like, okay, this feels just looking at champions. Like you can have the top guy, BJ White, no problem. That's not an issue. It's just like, I don't need Cassidy and big bill. And I like orange Cassidy as well. Right. I don't like big bill as a performer, but um, you know, just like have something for the casual viewer to be like, you know, have Adam Copeland be a champion of some sort, have him and sting be tag team champions or something like that. I mean, that's kind of wild, but you know, give Sting a title on the way out. Like it just helps like as the casual viewer see like who's got the championship. Cause like, I still think that works in, modern wrestling oh yeah you know, that don't oh, know the yeah. product like who's walking around with a belt and not everybody because then it's all doesn't mean anything. Right. But if you if I if I see two people per show with a belt like Raw last night, right? Who who do we see with a belt? Uh, you know we saw the judgment day but you don't even really see their belts when they're talking.
0: Judgment Day the, Seth.
1: Yeah Seth.
0: Backstage. And
1: the, yeah. And, and the, Rhea. And Rhea. So I mean and that feels just like you know just to compare it again not quantifiable but the vibes aspect of that you know, as a casual viewer those people feel like champions and now everyone's walking around with oh yeah that's the mid mid atlantic nwa second second division tag team championship right there so you know that's why yeah boulder and bear have titles walking around or whatever so <laughs> you know that's important so i just just keep that in mind if you are to come
0: yeah, well said. I, yeah, I agree. I think that is that is important. And yeah, sometimes it is as simple as that. Like, man, yeah, like let's let's go see our champions. And it's Big Bill and Ricky Starks, but it's like, eh, not with FTR and Young Bucks on the roster. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is a perception thing there. I think that's that's important. Um, one of the things I think AEW has done really well with the last well, the last week, but also, you know, just in the promotion and hype is is what's what what's going to happen with Sting. Um wrote about this on SCScoops.com. Last week, uh, Sting announces his retirement and uh, announces it long in advance, so that AW can make a whole lot of money off of his off of his final run. Um, I think they presented that in a very effective way. Like, I think you can lean into that. It can be a monthly thing on TV if you want it to be. Like the the, the big bad heels trying to take out Sting. Like like that. It can be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy. On behalf of Zach, who is a big supporter of the show, so thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Zach. Um, thoughts on Sting possibly winning the TNT title at Full Gear? Tyler, what do you think?
1: I mean, <clears throat> I like the idea of him winning a title at some point during this run. I think it's it's certainly an episode of Sting's career without being a Sting expert. You know, you go from, what, 87 mm-hmm. to... 90, probably that first big Ric Flair match. Then you have the whole rest of the Stinger era. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, including the, the great videos on the beach, great vignettes um, okay. from WCW. Then you have like the Crow era, the whole 97, Starcade, all that stuff. Then you've got, I guess, the entire TNA run, but you can probably break that into smaller pieces. The WWE run and this run, right? Would be the big view episodes of the Sting character. I think rewarding him with some title within AW, having him as a someone that has lineage with one of those belts, makes sense. And for a heel like Christian, I think it's the perfect person. You know, if this is Orange Cassidy and he and Sting ends the TNT t- the year long run for him, it, it's right. so it, it all kind of makes sense. And then you know he can lose a as his last match, and he could have a run with that belt. And if you look at the four year history of the belt, it's going to be some sort of derby run. Some sort of Cody run and, and, and probably that Sting run would be the three biggest runs with that TNT title. Those are the three names, if Sting wins it, that I would think about with that TNT title. Um, so I, I'm, I'm for it. I think I think he – that are tag team championships, but I think the TNT title is even underneath the tag team championship. But can he work a singles match and multiple singles matches? I think it's the only issue.
0: That's the thing. I, I love the idea. I mean, I think it's – I think my thoughts on it are hell. Yeah. Like that's an awesome Mm -hmm. way to, 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 you know, kind of give him some flowers, you know, for the career and the run that he's had in AEW and then do business at the end and you get another single star out of it. So I think it's a, it's a great idea in theory. Um, But yeah, the, I mean, I just don't, I don't think Sting's going to have singles matches anymore, you know? And if I don't, that's the problem with it. That's the only problem with it that I see. Like, is that is is that it? Is it worth risking you know his health at 64 whatever it is when you can just do a run with Darby and and be tag team champions maybe and and go out that way so I like the idea a lot Tracy I like the idea a lot Zach it's just that I don't know if it's if it's um in the cards from just a just the worst thing is in his career like and is and if it's worth the squeeze at that point to, to keep to keep doing that, um. Yeah, but boy, that'd be fun, though. You know, I, I guess it'd be so fun, but it'd also be fun to just see him do a derby, you know, in the tag division. I, mm-hmm. I think that you can get the same thing out of it, or not damn near close to the same thing out of it. You're not going to have that shining moment for the person who you know who beats Sting, you know, like you would have in a single situation, mm-hmm. but you're pretty close. In the tag team scene, I think it's worth sacrificing a little bit there to make sure that you get to have the full run that you want
1: um, and keep staying healthy. Yeah, and you avoid all the shenanigans. You have to make it work where Darby comes in, and it's basically a tag match anyway. Yeah. To get. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. Let's uh, let's pivot to the AW women's women's division because that that's seen a little bit of back and forth. Um, in terms of who's on top since the summer, you know, we've had mm-hmm. like Tony Storm was champion uh, or Jimmy Hader was champion and then Tony Storm mm-hmm. was champion and then Sheeta was champion and then Soraya was champion. And now Sheeta is champion again. Um, n- yes, there were some injuries there. Jimmy Hader getting hurt like, you know, that sucks. I mean, I think she was I think she was having, you know, probably the second best. AEW women's champion run, championship run of of the title's existence when she when she went out. Um, so it's it's tough to to grade this because you don't know what was what was going to happen. That's a lot of title changes though in a short amount of time. And I, I don't think they've established much of a direction for that company and kind of decided, yeah, all right, we're just gonna hit some quick hits here. So we're gonna have Soraya win the title at you know, the pay-per-view, we're gonna have when did Sheeta want win it? She won it on some specialty show, right? She just or yeah, she just won it on the, the night they were you know competing. So we're gonna do a title change there. You know, Tony Storm had to take the title off Hater because Hater was injured. So a lot of like hot shotting, some by necessity, some by well, we just want to make a moment here. Um, but now Sheeta has the belt. And like Sean says here in, in our super chat, who is Sheeta's next opponent? The women's division is in a rough spot. When do you think JDV Hater comes back? They really need her. They really need her soon. Um, I, I like. I mean, I liked Hater a lot. I think they had something. I think they really had something there. Um, but the fact that she is the champion right now, like it, it doesn't tell me that Hater is on her way back soon. Because mm-hmm. I think when Jamie Hater comes back, she's in full babyface mode, you know, and and going up against another baby face and Sheeta just doesn't seem to, to work so i don't know that she's going to be back but yes they could use her as far as her next opponent tyler like I, dude i don't know i really, I mean you could do soraya again you know i guess and you can have that you know that singles match because you mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong but she didn't win the title in a singles match did she Who's soraya yeah
1: no 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 yeah. uh sheeta I think it was think, like a multi-person match, wasn't it? I think she did win in the singles match, but I'm not super confident
0: on that. Okay, well, you can do that match again, and I think that'd be that would get my vote at this point because I think that's the only thing in my head that kind of makes sense. But this division is all over the place right now. Tony Storm is in a weird spot. Um, you know, Soraya is, I think, in a good spot, but she, you know, is kind of on the periphery of things now. She's not champion anymore. You know, and then, you know, and then, then you have the whole TBS thing, but there's a big drop-off after, you know, Soraya, Tony Storm, Sheeta. Like it's a, and then, and Britt Baker has been like MIA. Like she hasn't even really been around. So it's, a, it's in a rough spot, but I think you go to like something tried and true, Babyface face Shida, mm-hmm. heel Soraya, boom, you go there. That's the best I got, but it, yeah. I, I, admittedly, it's not great.
1: Yeah. I, Two again, two things. I've had a lot. Of two things tonight. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any stats in front of me, but from my perspective as a viewer of AEW, I have an answer. Who do you? Who do you think is the most regularly featured woman on the roster for like in ring matches? You know, she has matches like almost every week, whether it's on Dynamite or Collision. Gosh. Like in the last, I don't know, four weeks.
0: Tony Storm, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say Sky Blue seems oh, Sky to be Blue. on.
0: You know what? Okay, okay, that's so funny. I thought of her, but I was like, no, mm-hmm. certainly that's not who he's he's thinking of.
1: I mean, she's actively she is
0: all over that damn show. All yeah, and
1: she's active in a heel turn, and have just won the title, so she's someone who Sheeta can beat. It feels like a heel turn to give someone an opportunity. She's been on the roster a long time. Okay. She was she was like a jobber who has worked away to that point. So it's like it seems like a thank you, like an LA night in a very small version of it, right? Of like, hey, here's a title shot for you at a big show, <clears throat> is what I think is going to happen. Now is that what I would book? No, you know, my second thing would be again.
0: I like that, by the way. I mean, I think that that works because I think yeah. it, it does two things. Two things. One, you know, it gives Sheeta a fresh ish opponent to work with Mm -hmm. for the title but it also gives like this whole thing that's going on with like the sky blue character like some added depth of like that it's not just happening but it's happening and it matters because she has a title shot now Mm -hmm. too and like the wins that she's accumulating matters the change in demeanor and look matter to something more to to a larger degree than just oh i want to change my gear and wear different makeup Mm -hmm. and i think you It takes it out of like, oh, let's cosplay around with a new character and puts it back into focus as this has to matter from an in-ring perspective and winning matches and winning titles. And this that type of thing does that. So I think it's a good idea, man. You're on fire tonight, dude. You are on fire with the... It must be all the painting.
1: All the painting and all the the seltzers, the white can seltzers. And the the cold, obviously, you can hear I'm dealing with still. Um, And that sets up to... I think Julia Hart, who has been underutilized but is over with the crowd, um, sort of the way Jamie Hader was when she was a heel. So I think if you, Julia Hart and Sheeta could be a pretty interesting pay-per-view in December match. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think she could win there too. So how crazy I mean, is you, that, though, man? I mean, you just booked out
0: like, like a very you know interesting, intriguing AW women's title story. And look at all the women in the company that you left out of there. Mm-hmm. So Ray is not involved, Tony Storm's not involved, Ruby Soho's not involved, Britt Baker not involved. I mean, and and so on one hand, I'm like, boy, that's rough because it's like those are your biggest women stars. But then I guess when you break it down the way you just did it, and the way I just did, it's like you're asking yourself, like, okay, are they really? You know, like maybe they're not because they're not wrestling. You know, on on the show all the time. Tony Storm's in her own little world, and I think that's going to get over. I mean, they, there's going to be something there that you're going to have to mm-hmm. book at some point for sure. But it's not <clears> there yet. But it's just interesting that like that those women are not factors at the top of the division from an in-ring championship perspective. I, I don't know that that's a good thing
1: for the division. Yeah, definitely not. <clears throat> and did I I, I rob Thunder Rosa? Right. No, no Thunder Rose. Oh. You mentioned. So, yeah, like where where is she also? Right. I mean, uh, reporting more so than anything uh, on that. But, you know, can she come back and be a heel quickly? Because um, she would obviously get cheered when, when that music hits. But it right. could be a great heel for everybody. That's what you need more now than anything. Because <clears throat> you have Sheeta, you have Tony Storm and, you know, you have Jamie Hayden when she comes back. Those can be three. Baby face women for a long time you need to resolidify who your top heels are because Brit's probably not going to be one and you know of everyone I named she's the worst worker of, of the bunch too so yeah. um
0: yeah. yeah man I mean gosh I think that's just such a I mean there's there's some talent there I mean Julia Hart is somebody that I would I would I think I agree that it's a good it's a good to call her out I mean Either a heel or or baby face, I guess. But I think mm-hmm. she works better as a heel at this point. Aside from the fact that people, I think genuinely like her, you know, and want like yeah. to see her kind of do her thing. But I want someone in that women's division to go on like a Samoa Joe, two thousand three, two thousand four ROH title run of just. Mm-hmm. A little like Sheeta did, except it didn't wasn't really the same because it was pandemic and nobody was around. Mm-hmm. But something like that, where like, because that title reign with that Sheeta had that first title reign, she wrestled everybody. She had good matches with with everybody, and then when she lost the title, it was like it felt right. Like it felt like this mm-hmm. is the time. Like we got to go with Britt Baker here.
1: You yeah. know, and I think she's like the Drew, the Drew McIntyre of, <laughs> yes. of that, and she took It'll- out the whole in. Future NWA yeah. women's Women's division during that
0: <laughs> Yes. I mean, but it's true. But I, mean, but I think it worked. Like, even with no mm-hmm. nobody there, like, I still remember that title run because it was one of the, you know, top things on, you know, and it's, it's all a messed up time. So it's hard to look back with anything, like, of substance. But it's something that I remember from that era of AEW. And part of it was, I think, the simplicity of it. This is the yeah. champion. She's the best. And people are going to challenge her for the title. And then you work your stories out from that initial premise. And instead, the women's division now, it's like Tony Storm is doing her thing, you know. And the outcasts are doing their thing. And Sky Blue is, like, doing her thing. And, you know, then you've got Julia Hart and the House of Black. And that thing is happening over there. And it's just like, it, it but it's all kind of just compartmentalized and not, like, cohesive as to one, like, vision for the division. And I think they could, I think they could use that. I mean, I think they really could use, could use that. Cause there's, there's a lot of talent we named there. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, oh man, like you line that up a little bit better. I think you, I think you got something. Um, Anything else on the women's division in a, in AEW? Nope.
1: I'm
0: okay. Good. All right. Let's go to another uh, super chat from Matt here. It's, it's back on the topic of MJF, but it's an MJF Miz comparison. So, Matt, this is a dangerous comparison, my friend. <laughs> Matt says here, and thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Tracy, and uh, everybody else so far. Super Chats super chats are open if you uh, uh, are watching us live. Uh, we certainly would appreciate your contributions. It really helps us out, helps the show out. And uh, we'll make sure to get to them before we sign off here uh, in a little while. Matt says, MJF is a better Miz, but Miz isn't main event, and neither is MJF. Mid-card heel, upper card when needed. It's just clear. I wish it weren't so, but I love AEW too much to see the main event scene suck so bad. So, I I guess, well, I'll throw to you first, Tyler. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you think? I mean, is there substance to what Matt is saying here?
1: I mean, I think the main event scene is not in a great spot at the current moment. I, I like the feud between Jay White. MJF. Yeah. Um, but I think that's been the case for a long period of time where it's like, hey, you win the title, you go through one to three major challengers and then you lose to someone who feels like it's their time. It just feels like if you're in the business, if you follow the business, if you're a fan, you kind of get the cyclical nature of the title scene. And I think that has hurt it. Um, you know, look at the Roman title run as, as an example, right? Of like, you know, not it's not been perfect, but we thought it's gonna end twice now, and it hasn't. So even once in a while, where you think it's gonna end and it doesn't, like I think the majority of people think MJF is gonna beat Jay White. So I think J White winning would help break up that monotony of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So agree on that front and the predictability of like, hey, I book my champions like three years out at a time is not really the best way to do business, in my opinion. It's you got to go with who's hot and make it count. And uh, you know, and then MJF being a mid card. He'll, you know, I think that's – I disagree. I think MJF's the top guy. I think WWE would pay, bend over backwards to pick up MJF and make him a – the exact version of what LA Knight cannot be is what MJF is, right? He gets – he's over with everything on the mic and he can work his ass off in the ring and he looks like a million bucks and he's under 30. Like, they would literally – trade the life of alien Knight probably to get an MJ up in the roster. If Vince is there and he was trading was with say, the devil, yeah. yeah, and he calls up, you know, he knows he's like, like the the old Booker um, T line, my fate five. You know, that yes. is, he's got the devil probably is one or two on his top contact list. Oh,
0: if Vince is there, I mean, he pulls some like 80s nonsense, you know, and just, mm-hmm. just go yank MJ off, off a show and hand him some cash in a, in a, in a briefcase. Hey man, no show, no show this event, no show the next event.
1: Um, So so I think he's top guy. And so, yeah, that's my take on the question. Yeah. He's he's definitely a top guy, man. I
0: I think, I think this title reign has been uh, cooled because of all Mm -hmm. the craziness with AEW. that we talked about earlier in the show and his character flipping around the, 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 you know, look, it was a bad idea to not go with the, the turn of whatever turn you're going to do between MJF and Adam Cole at all in looking back, you want that one back. If you're Tony Khan and look, no harm, no foul. Like, look, you tried something. You tried to go for it. It didn't work. Clearly. You tried to keep it hot. It didn't get hot. Cole got hurt. That didn't help matters. Of course. So it is what it is, but yeah, his title reign is cooled off because of it, but I don't think that makes him any less of a top guy. He is the, Top star in AEW and the most important act in AEW, period. Yeah. And by a long mile, I, I mean, I really believe that. Um, he's the guy you need to hang on to if you're Tony Khan. Like you have to make that happen. You have to build the company around him. Um, so so no, yeah, I don't think uh he's like the Miz. Uh the main event scene is doesn't have a problem right now. But can you imagine the main event scene, Matt, without MJF in it? I mean. Dude, that's not a main event scene. I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's it's not without him there. So, yeah, it's rough right now. Um but I think you know, it, it's a good booking decision here and, you know, a good booking decision there that can can elevate can get it out of its its funk. Like I think if Jay White wins the title at Full Gear, you keep that belt on him for a long time. Like I don't think you're even thinking about it until all in next year, you know, you establish him as a top guy, you get MJF on the chase and then you see what happens. Maybe MJF's not going to be around. Okay. Well then you go a different direction. Maybe you keep it on white longer. And so you have that baby face that can take it off of him. But the, my point is that, you know, stick with it, you know, and, and, and don't, don't follow the cyclical idea just because you feel like you have to like go with, go with it, go with him. In, in a major way i think that helps that helps clean things up but no i mean I, mjf is a huge star I, I i don't i think that that's a um i don't think that that's a like a fo- like a popular opinion out there matt but i i think that that you this title run of his has soured you on him more than it more than it should have that's what i that's what
1: i'd that's why it's time to switch it up because i think and that's he why it's be, time to switch it up yeah i think he could be like a pseudo undertaker for AEW where he doesn't really need the bell ever, but yeah. it doesn't matter because he's that big yeah. of a star and whoever he's feeding with, it feels important.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's, I mean, do you, st- are you still of the mindset or are you of the mindset that he has signed with AEW and is
1: with them? I don't know. You're, you're making me, I mean, it seems impossible that he's not, but, the lack of institutional control at that company makes me really question my priors on that. <laughs> like if, if he shows up on like, if, if WWE does like a, I know they're not doing a day one pay-per-view, but if he, if they did and he showed up, like would I be surprised? Yeah. Would I, and he'd have the same music by the way, because it's unlicensed music. It's like all, free on, it's like a public domain song. Is it he, really? No one, yeah. It's, like literally if you went to WWE right now, they could use the same song.
0: Wait, what? Like AEW didn't license didn't buy the rights I don't or it's
1: it's I don't it's public domain. I'm almost almost certain of this that it's a public domain wow. song. So you can't that is pretty public incredible. domain. So wow. check me if I'm wrong in the chat here. Post this or in the podcast feed. but um so yeah, like oh. I wouldn't be shocked, I'd be surprised. But good lord. I mean, might as well start Digging that six foot hole for AEW, if that's the case. Yeah, you
0: can't lose him. I mean, you can't yeah. lose him. I mean, and but I think part of it is like part of the the, the hook there is like not so much because the, the they're going to be able to pay him the same amount of money. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's a that's a thing anymore. I think everybody recognizes, okay, I'm Jeff. He's going to get paid like a top guy somewhere, by either. AW or WWE, so it's going to come down to like just what he wants and like what the the offer is outside of just money, and that's where if you're AW, and if I'm Tony Khan, I'm going, oh man, like we really need to make the next you know three months of of Adam of uh, MJF. Like, was wait, is it is it this year? Is it January mm-hmm. of this year
1: mm-hmm. or of twenty twenty four? Yeah, that was the original contract ended. January so, 24.
0: so man, if they don't have him sign, yeah. they've got like two more months left with the guy.
1: Yeah, while they're also trying to sign Osprey too, right? While
0: time. they're trying to sign Osprey, so that's a that's that's tough, and you need a TV deal by then too. I mean, you're gonna yeah. want to have that in place. So there's a lot of factors, but I guess I say all of that to just say Tony Khan cannot lose MJF. I mean, I really right. think he is a key cog in yeah. the whole company.
1: I mean, that's like the, that'd be the pivot point of it being a. Strong number two to eventually being what TNA is right now, right? Like yeah. a thing that a hundred thousand people are watching, and it's got its own following. But you know, you're not you're gonna have one show after the next TV deal, and then you right. might be on the Travel Channel or whatever for the next deal. You know, yeah, so sort of yeah. Trajectory. I mean, I
0: yeah, that's that's how important I think. Um, yeah. How important I think I think he is, for sure. Yep. Uh, we'll finish up with Tracy here. Tracy, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Tracy is an inaugural Brass Ring media member. We'll talk to you guys all more about that in a minute here. But Tracy, thank you. Tracy's asking, where's the happy medium institutional control? Somewhere between AEW and WWE. Why, oh, why can't Tony Khan see it? Tyler, why can't Tony Khan see it? Let's answer <laughs> Tracy's question.
1: Uh, well, cause he's a rich kid who's always been rich. Right. And, uh, you know, that's like a big part of it. I think of like, you know, there's a difference between like the inventor of a company and their kid. Right. Just from like the, you know, that story, right. Of, I'm not saying that he's not a hard worker. Obviously he likes to fetishize the hundred hour work week. I think he said that many times on, on calls that he doesn't, you know, whatever. So that's a, a whole negative thing that we don't need to get into here. But, um, <laughs> I think he could use some more self care. That might help him. But um, it's that yeah, he could, he, you know, you know, without knowing him personally, it'd be impossible to think that he has not like gotten his way, and like everything he's done has kind of worked out for many reasons in his life. So why would that change now as he's running this company in his late 30s? Um, would be the difference of why he can't see it. If I had to guess, and yeah, there is a definitely. Like, I think AEW more so than WWE, if you did like a tally list, if I'm an employee, I'd much rather do like way more things AEW does, not script me, like less dates. If you're not using me, I probably don't have to travel. Like, if I live in California, I only have to travel East Coast like 30 times, not 52 times like Mm -hmm. WWE. So, like, there's a lot of pros to working AEW. It's just like you need to have some rules in place of like, hey, when a decision on creative is made, it, it, it's over and no one's higher than me and person X, Y, and Z. If you're a big star, you can talk to X, Y, Z. And then if you have to, you can talk to whatever, like just that sort of stuff and just running it like a real business. Um, it, it, there's, it's really low hanging fruit. That's why it's so frustrating. And I think you would agree with a lot of that, but you know, WWE is you work for a big corporation and you're not an employee. So that sucks. So you know, there's there's a lot of uphill battle with that too. It's like not ideal. So
0: you're exactly right, and I think I think part of I think it starts and and ends with like the fact that that Tony Khan is a fan of of wrestling. Like I think I mean, you look in throughout history, you know, like the fan, like the fans of wrestling who have tried to like, like, and it's not to say like Vince McMahon didn't like wrestling or, or Bill Watts didn't like wrestling or like, Mm -hmm. but it was a different time. Like it is, it's a different era, you know? And I think the fact that he is a fan of the business, the way that he is, I think sometimes clouds what he can and can't see. Like, I think he's like, I love matches. I love these good matches. This is what I love. And this is why. And like, I think that for, for, A lot of AEW, that's a really good perspective to have, especially at the beginning Mm -hmm. when you're like, we're creating this new company and we're going to refocus on what wrestling is and why everybody likes wrestling. Like that's a, that's, you know, it's easy to say that because it's an easy, not easy, but it's like a, it's an easy thing to look at and go, okay, let's present wrestling this way. Mm -hmm. and let's become a number two because we've got some money we got some big stars it's the right time because people are paying for tv money let's do this but they're not that company anymore they're not like that they've established who they are who they are it's now about you know becoming a product that can exist 52 weeks a year on a regular basis and i think as a fan it's I think it would be difficult to go, well, you know what? No, let's not do that cool Brian Danielson' dwarf Strickland match because that match makes no sense in the the cadence of what we're doing week to week on yeah. television. I like that match a lot, but it doesn't make any sense. Vince, he couldn't have cared too less about that. It's like, it doesn't make sense. We're not doing it. Like whatever. like for better or for worse. And sometimes he said that about matches <laughs> that did make sense yeah. and just didn't do them. So it's like it flips both ways. But I think that's a big reason why, like, television isn't, you know, cohesive. I think it's a big reason why he has a problem throwing his weight around as the leader of that company because he's a fan of these guys. He likes Chris Jericho. He likes CM Punk. He, yeah. You know, the Unbucks are awesome. I love those guys. Um, it's why I think lesser talent, you know, gets sometimes propped up as something bigger than they are because he less, he likes them. I like Joey Janela, let's sign him. Well, Joey Janela is not, you know, a national TV guy, like that's yeah. just not him. You could like him, but he's not that guy. So, I think that's one thing. The other thing I think is, you know, uh, the company got too big, too way, way, way too fast, and he got spread so thin. Where I think that you can check maybe your your worst instincts when you're booking one, two hour show a week, but when you are booking two, two hour shows a week, a rampage, 25 matches on ROH for a while, AW dark and elevation, you, 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 I think you lose institutional control in that. It's like you're spread too thin. You can't have institutional control because it's you're too big, you know? So you can't, you can't manage things the way that you want. And I think that's, that's how, you know, he got there. So how can he, how can he get it? I think, you know, I think someone to me, it'd be like, Hey, Tony, look, we know you love wrestling. Like that's, we get it. We, we get that. Um, we don't need somebody that loves wrestling right now. We need you to, to, to sit off social media for, for, for six months and book this show so that it makes the most money possible. That's, that's what the company is. Needs And so maybe that's no cool Brian Danielson matches for six months because we want to do a really, really cool one in month seven. Like, I I think once you establish that, hey, I'm not this guy who's just a cool guy who's friendly and likes wrestling. You start to get a little of the control back because Mm -hmm. I think it's it's not even that they disrespect Tony Khan, but it's just I think some of the talent are just too much on their level. And so on his level. And so it, it just muddies. What is the water a little bit. That's
1: a, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree 100%. Also, like the booking of it, you know, he's a ECW in the late 90s guy, right? would be his number one promotion. That's where he went to one of the shows. He's, he's talked about that when he was a teenager, right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. His dad's name, I think, yeah. Instead of doing a show like that, which kind of AEW has been and always has been, not as much of the hardcore stuff. I mean there's lots of hardcore stuff, but <clears throat> take an era from you know a hot period of WCW or WWE and and yeah. mold yourself on that product that you maybe didn't love and see how that goes for you. And like yes. you said, it's all the same sort of thing. But like mold yourself over you know some some company, some era you don't love, you know, the the 04 to 06 WWE you might hate <laughs> but they made a ton of money and made a lot of stars in that era. And I think doing something like that might be a good choice. And that not everything, you don't have to have a Dominic Mysterio on a pole match. You know, that'd be great. I'm sure AW would love that. But, um, yeah. you know, take how many stars they made, how they did it, burn some tape, spend your 100 hours, maybe spend 40 of those hours on that next week instead of booking Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and Because I, I think you're right, man. Like, the, there's a lot of pieces of aw that i think are are you know they're, they're good in theory the promos great like let these guys go but you got to you have to have control over who has the ability to do that and who doesn't you have to know that it can't be Chum, carte blanche okay everybody gets to cut that promo. there's like define what that is how do you get to be a guy in your company that gets to be the guy that gets to cut his own promos. What does that guy look like? And how do you get there? Like, I think it's that type of control. I don't think you could snap your fingers and just get it back, but you can in steps. And, you know, look, the other thing I want to just throw out there too, before we, before we wrap up, and we're going to wrap up here in a minute is like, you know, Tony Khan built a like a, in a very short amount of time, like a viable number two company from a, you know, not from a ratings perspective or from a revenue perspective, but from a talent perspective, like he can attract top wrestlers in his company for whatever reason, creative freedom, contracts, money, dates, whatever. That's it. That's important. And there's, there's a business there for sure. Um, but this whole thing with AW was not going to come off without a hitch like it wasn't it never was going to be like this perfect thing. I think they're going through a rough patch right now clearly they're not selling a lot of tickets the ratings are what they are there's not a lot happening you know it happens it happens it happens in WWE too you know just a ha- handful of years ago they were in like this really weird time where mm-hmm. you know 2018 Monday night raws for 3 hours i mean goodness gracious mm-hmm. like those were tough shows to get through really tough shows to get through um so it's not something that he can't recover from and i don't think it's something that you know, if he was starting a wrestling company that he would it'd be naive to think that oh, I'm just going to come in here and run this thing absolutely perfectly like that was never going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he needs to be doing better. And it's our job to like talk about it and call those things out. And, you know, but I, I don't think that it's a situation where, you know, the expectations are run this thing perfectly either. So mm-hmm. I think that's worth
1: saying. Yeah. And just as a final note on that. For me, as a fan, I would choose this this world where one company's hot while the other one's cold, and then they flip. Right? If WWE's hot for two years and it's awesome, and AW is like not as hot, and then AW is hot while WWE's not like that's great. As as long as like I'd rather that than both companies being hot and then have a dead period for twenty years, like we saw in the nineties, right? So so if that cadence is is what happens, sign me up.
0: Yeah, well, and, and the thing, and that's that's the fun part about it too, It's like you know, there's tribalism in all this for some weird reason. But it's like mm-hmm. if you're Tony Khan, you should be. Hopefully, he's watching these WWE shows and going, "All right, like what? We don't want to be the exact same, but mm-hmm. they're doing something that we're not doing. Clearly, what <laughs> is that?
1: Yeah, Raw's working. Let's do the hottest angle possible, and then we'll have like the worst tag team match <laughs> in the second segment, so people turn their TVs off. That's working <laughs> big time. Uh, that's just my theory on the Raw every week it's like oh that was a great open and then like mm, i'm gonna see what's going on in the football game yeah it's yeah. Like well, well, <laughs> yeah well 25
0: yeah well because like yes totally well in yeah. reverse too i think wwe should look at aw and go man okay they you know these matches are working or like yeah. you know they've got an intense passionate crowd that maybe is, you know a tenth of our size yeah. but it's there so you know that's part more, of what yeah, more than three matches
1: so. on a SmackDown is what you're saying. More than three
0: matches on a Smack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like there's a lot of things you can pick up. It's just, you know, for, for Tony, it's like, this is only the fifth or the fourth, fourth year. Yeah.
1: So year. they're in their fifth year right now. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, there's going to be road bumps or speed bumps or whatever you call it. <laughs> and they're definitely hidden one. And it's probably a, a bigger one than he would have, <laughs> he would have wanted, but yeah, you know, for sure. It's worth second. So, um, all right, man. Well, fun discussion, fun AW chat. I'm glad we got to do that. And we covered a lot more areas of the company than I thought with the women's Mm -hmm. division, Sting and MJF and Will Osprey. So, Good stuff. Thank you to everybody who joined in the show. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everybody who co- contributed uh, with a super chat. It helps us so much. Um, and we and we thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, you can catch more of Tyler and I uh, with our own little shop. Brass Ring Media um, is our little baby. Um, you can become a member for $4 and uh, get exclusive podcasts every single week from us, exclusive written content, and a really fun uh, Discord community. Talking about wrestling not talking about wrestling and we're doing it not on Twitter, but with people that uh, are uh, a real blast to, to hang out with and, and shoot the breeze with on that stuff. So give us a shot. I think we'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, Tyler's got a great column up about Terminator and action movies and pro wrestling. I've read that thing like three times because it's, it's a damn good column. So you guys can check that out as well as a bunch of stuff from me too. Um, search brass ring media on Patreon, patreon.com backslash brass ring media. Um, As far as Scoops goes, we're live here every Tuesday night. You can catch us 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Um, SCScoops.com has got you all the news fix that you need throughout your day. It's there as well as a a bunch of really cool editorial features from a a really talented team. So make SCScoops.com part of your uh, weekly wrestling fix. Tyler man, always a pleasure.
1: Yep, and I got a Nitro 1999 ringside chair today. So as we do the sign-off and we have that weird pause period, I'll just put it up against the camera. Right How did you get that? You know, I mean, look behind me. That's all I do. If I'm not talking wrestling, I am sourcing vintage goods to sell to everybody online. So,
0: But, like, where did you get the chair from? Like, I need to know specifically. Where yeah, I from. got it
1: from an auction website. So I won an auction for it. Uh,
0: and someone just had this thing and they were auctioning it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they might not be with us anymore. Based on the nature okay. of the auction, being an estate sale, but maybe not. Sometimes people move and do estate sales. And so, like, uh, they
0: just found this nitro chair, and somehow you found out about this. Like, that's incredible, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have my sights, you know. Just like anything, you got your people. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I get a whole dungeon full of crap. I, <laughs> I didn't think I got a, a tick toy from the '90s that's sealed. You know, I got buy a case of those. Like, oh. So do you
0: ever like just buy boxes of stuff that you don't know what it is and you're just buying it and like whatever happens to be in there? Um,
1: there? Rarely. I just, I mean, this is more like brass ring media. So this might be a good like Tyler's pod talking about the world of dealing stuff. But I just bought a, it's 1,200 pounds of clothes. I got it for $200. So I'm going to go pick that up and then hopefully there's some sellable things in there. Doesn't have to be much. So as long as there's, you know, a couple hundred dollars of profit, that's a win. If it's more than that, then that's a huge win. So, um, but yeah, it's a lot of clothes. It's like vacuum sealed in a bunch of bags. So Holy hopefully God. they're not all old Navy blouses, <laughs> but they could be. So we'll Tech see how Yeah. Oof. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to
0: hear that story, what it happens too. But
1: yeah. show us that chair.
0: Well, Thank you, everybody, yeah. for joining the show. We appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week. Tuesday, nine Eastern. Look at that baby.
1: Good. Got grief. the vagina logo and everything. So wow. And there you can that. see my imprint. It was very very comfy. So hold Sitting
0: after. on the chair. Okay. Yeah, I was right.
1: yeah. You gotta, you know, I live yeah. the I live the Fantastic. I live the life in my John Cena shirt. So you know. You
0: can't say you don't see interesting stuff on the SE SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast yes. live show. Thank it's you, everybody. Thirty year old man child
1: at least. So <laughs> see ya. See ya.